Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. You know, as, as I was praying, and, I, and uh, when, when Pastor Michael asked, hey, can you, would you come and, and bring the word, and we're in this series uh, we're going to be doing this series called Refreshed, and we'd have you on on the fourth week. It's the fourth and final week. I started leaning in this last week. Now, I've known for weeks, but as I was praying about it, and especially this last week, and just leaning in and saying, God, what's the word? What's the word for the people? Our God is good. He gives us bread every week. You know he wants to feed you. What is the word? And I also was thinking about the fact that, okay, it's been four weeks, and, um, and you've been on the same talk of, topic of refresh, and if, if you did any track and field growing up, and if you remember like the relay, that fourth leg was the anchor leg. It's like, okay, take it home. So I'm like, all right, Lord, take it home. What's the take it home? What's the anchor word for this church? And as I was praying and leaning in, he took me to the message version of the Bible, to Psalm chapter 46. And we're going to start off there here today, and uh, I'm going to hold my notes down so they don't uh, go flying around up here on this platform. But here's what the word says. God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake, before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains, Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angel armies protects us. River fountains splash joy, cooling God's city, this sacred haunt of the most high. God lives here, the streets are safe. God at your service from the crack of dawn. Godless nations rant and rave, kings and kingdoms threaten, but earth does anything he says. Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angel armies protects us. Attention all, see the marvels of God. He plants flowers and trees all over the earth. Bands war from pole to pole, bring that Jesus. Breaks all the weapons across his knee. Step out of the traffic, take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, let me say that again, above politics, above everything, Jacob wrestling God fights for us, God of angel armies protects us. Let's pray. Father, teach us today your word. Speak deep into our hearts. Open up our minds to receive the seed of your word right into our hearts that it might reproduce, Lord, a a crop of righteousness, Lord, inside of us. Be honored, we pray in this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 4610 there said, step out of the traffic. Step out of the traffic. Uh, Any commuters in the house? You know, uh... I was, for years, because I worked at Faith for so long, and I live in Glendora, and Faith was in West Covina, I never had to deal with commuter traffic. I got to take side streets to to work every day. It's no big deal. Until last January, when I transitioned from my role and began working with Nick and Christine Kane, and we have an office down in the OC in Orange County. Now, thank God we only go in once a week for the most part. On Wednesdays, we work remote other than that. 
But I have now been baptized into the life of commuting, all right? And maybe some of you can relate to that. So for me, first of all, anybody love Waze? I love Waze, okay, because Waze is amazing. For one reason, it tells me where the police officers are so that I can pray for them, of course, on my way past them, right? It also tells me if there's obstacles in the road, and it tells me all types of things. But I have learned, Mike, I have a couple of different routes that Waze normally takes me. And one of those routes is the 57 through that 60 interchange. Who designed that? If you've ever had to hit that in the midst of, like, traffic, it is ridiculous. And so I am learning, like, the different ways on how I can, if I stay in the second lane from the right, it actually goes faster until it, takes, it becomes the off-ramp for Grand. Then you got to pop over one. But if you wait long enough, a truck will be slow enough that you can cut in front of him and not have anybody else do this. All right, y'all understand? Like, who designed this? It is a nightmare going down through that part. And then when I come back home, you know, I have to go through the Brea Hills and it looks like the traffic's doing fantastic until you get past Pathfinder or not, maybe not quite to Pathfinder. Anyway, right in there somewhere. And once again, that 60, uh, 60, 57 interchange, everything comes to a halt. Plus they're doing construction. And so on construction, they've made the lane smaller. They've shifted things around. If you get the luxury of being in the fast lane, like the carpool lane, you're driving right next to that concrete wall. Am I the only one that gets nervous next to the wall? It feels like you're going to be like, remember old pinball machines, right? Just one person knocks you, you're going to go. And you know people do it because you see the marks along the concrete, right? You're like, God, don't let me be one of those people. And then in those lanes, like they've changed the lanes, and yet in the sunlight sometimes... The new lanes look one way, but you can still see the remains of the old lanes. And you're trying to figure out which lane I'm supposed to be in, and you're you're trusting everybody else is seeing the same thing. And then, for no reason whatsoever, everything stops and you're stuck in traffic, right? You're just sitting there. Anybody ever get, like, these freeway fantasies of, like, what if... What if I went and just drove on the shoulder for a while, right? And exited off of Pathfinder. And sometimes they go, man, wouldn't it be cool if they designed a way to take the center divider and with a push of a button when it's traffic time, just shift it over to the other side and give us a couple of extra, am I the only one? Like I think of like, you ever just want God to provide an off ramp? You know, God, come on, just get me off of this thing. People are crazy. Sometimes they're zigzagging all over the place. People leave, like, lose things on the freeway, right? There's a barbecue. What's it doing in my lane? You see the traffic. Traffic is crazy, and it, and it can just be, a, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, at the same time, I think as well, is that the same thing happens in our own life. What would it look like to step out of the traffic of life? Oftentimes, we're running so fast. We're running so hard. Things are so stressful. People are flying by us. We don't know. Like, if I try to change lanes, am I going to bump into somebody in our own life? You know, we're just trying to keep up with everybody else. And sometimes it seems like at breakneck speeds. And then there's times when all of a sudden it seems like life just comes to a halt and we can't get out and we're stuck. We're like, why am I? Can't, and we can't find a way out. And, we're, and it doesn't make sense why life would be stuck right now. And we start leaning in and just saying, Lord... Could you just provide a little bit of an off-ramp out of this situation in life? And what if God provided a little off-ramp that took us right by verse 4 from that passage I read where it says this, an off-ramp for life that would go by river fountains that splash joy. 
cooling God's city. Anybody ever been up to Yosemite? I get to go to Yosemite this week. Super excited about that. I'll be there next weekend. Now, of course, this time of year, because of the drought, the waterfalls are going to be minimal. But if you've ever gone to Yosemite right after the snow melt, and if you've ever gone over to what's called Mist Trail, and it's actually, you don't even have to be a big hiker to do this. You can walk, it's like a paved walkway. It's uphill, but a paved walkway. You go to this bridge, and then there's this trail that comes off, and it climbs the waterfall. And what's awesome is in snowmelt, when the waterfall is huge, when you climb it, you're drenched by the water from the waterfall. Because as it hits, the spray comes up, and you just become so refreshed, so invigorated. You often will get, like, you'll wear a rain jacket on there, or you'll take a trash bag, and you'll put a head for your hole, you know, and a, head, a hole for your head, and a hole for your arms, and you'll wear, and you're climbing up. And you know when that water hits you, you know how you just, ah, and you just get refreshed? Wouldn't you like the Lord to refresh you like that spiritually and in your own life here? Where he takes you past those rivers and just says, hey, it's time to step out of the traffic. I've got a place to refresh you. To be refreshed. How do we step out of the traffic? How do we experience the refreshing joy and peace of the Holy Spirit? You don't need me to tell you that the last two and a half years has been an incredibly stressful time for most people. Nobody could have ever foreseen it. You know that. Three years ago at this time, what? It would have been August, almost September of 2019. We had no idea what was coming, right? And in these last two and a half years with the, with the pandemic, I'm sure there's probably everybody in this room It's probably knows somebody who passed away, at least from complications. I know I was thinking about this when I was prepping this message, and I know of four people myself that passed during that time. During that two and a half years, just as, as that got going, then we had a lot of racial unrest. We had economic uncertainty as things were slowing down and closing. We had political turmoil. Then, as we're finally thinking, okay, it's going to be We've gotten through 2020, which was like, 2020 was like two years long. It was 2020, 2021. And then you hit 2022 thinking, okay, right, things are going to be different. And we hit war. It's like, what? We didn't see that happening. And then, and then like the price of gas and, and inflation. I went to go buy a bag of dog food. I have a 100-pound Labrador at home. He eats a lot of food. I went to get his food the other day, and in one month's time, it's gone up $10. Ten bucks. It's just like... And it's almost like, you know, like during this time period, in this two and a half years, we're tired. We're apprehensive. We're sort of a bit skittish, wondering what's next? What's going to happen next? Because we thought when 2020 was done, remember the memes from 2020 at the end, all about 21, how amazing it was going to be? <laughs> and then we just laugh at it. We're like, are you kidding? Right? And so here we sit. It's almost September of 22, and we're like, I don't know. We're like turtles with our heads inside the shell. Can I poke my head out? Is something more crazy going to actually take place? And here's the deal is that pressure, pressure in our lives, like what we've experienced, reveals cracks that we had that we didn't know about. Whenever we go through pressure, cracks become revealed. You see, when... When life is going well and it's easy, sometimes we begin to depend on and build our life on various things that we don't realize that those things are actually not solid foundation. We start to grab onto things and get our identity in other things, and it's not until pressure comes 
Change occurs that we realize we have no control over, and our world begins to get rocked, that we begin to realize, wait a minute, there's some things off here. Besides being in the backcountry a lot and backpacking and running and doing all that stuff, I also like to garden. And I've got a vegetable garden in my backyard, and in the springtime, I like to grow peas. And I don't grow the bush ones, I like to grow the ones that climb up the pole. So you get some poles, and you put them there, and you plant the peas, and it begins to grow. And it sends out little tendrils. A tendril is just like spindly little, almost like thread-like thing. And what it's doing is, it, ideally, you put the pole in the right place, it grabs onto the pole, and it hangs on while it's climbing up, and it will send those out, and the pole gives stability to the plant. But if you're not careful, and if a tomato plant is too close, or some carrots growing close by, and the wind blows, a little tendril goes over, and it grabs on to the tomato. And if I don't go out there after a while, and I, and I do go out there, and I see, my gosh, it's no longer depending on the pole, it's depending on the tomato plant and the carrots. And the reality is, is those things cannot provide the structure for it. And I have to go as the gardener, and I got to clip those little tendrils and train it back to the pole it needed to be on. In so many different ways, when life is going and it's easy, our little tendrils of our life are going out, and our identity is getting caught up in various things, and we don't even realize it until things begin to be shaken. We get caught up in what the world, not just the world, like psychologists or people that really look at like emotional health talk about the three addictions that keep us stuck. Back in 2016, I came across a book that I still highly recommend to people, and it's a book, I'm sure Mel, you'll remember this, um, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And that book, when that got into my hands, God used it as a catalyst in my life because you cannot be any more spiritually healthy than you are emotionally healthy. And God got my heart with that book. And I started reading it, and then we took the staff through it. And in that, he, it's the first time I had heard about these three addictions. And, there were these, and what they were, he was saying in this, and it's Pete Scazzaro, who was a pastor on the East Coast, he says that we're either addicted to, I am what I do, I am what I have, or I am what other people say or think about me. And then we all tend towards one of those, and that first one was my big one. I am what I do, and I'll unpack that here in just a minute. But we get attached to those things, and yet in the shaking of a pandemic, it's those things that God begins to clip. As he says, where are you going to find your identity? Because our identity, quite often, has gotten found and grounded upon other things other than Christ. What if God, during these last two and a half years, what if even right now, God has been providing an off-ramp for us to step out of the traffic of being driven by finding and forming our identity in what we do? That was my big one. My identity was so caught up in what I did. What if during these last two and a half years, God has been working on us so that we could step out of the traffic and step, and step out of being driven by the pursuit of material things that do not bring peace. What if during these last two and a half years, God has been providing an off-ramp for us to step out of being driven by what other people say or think about us? That scripture in the message that I just keep referring to, step out of the traffic, step out of the traffic, Psalm 46.10, if you look it up in the NASB, the New American Version, it says this, cease striving and know that I am God. <sighs> cease striving. In other words, relax. Trust him. 
I personally believe that God has used these last two and a half years to bring about a deep transformation in the individual lives of believers, in local churches, as well as in the capital C church. And that included in this is a renewed and a refreshed spirit if we'll lean into it. Paul writes this. He says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What's the pattern? I am what I do. I am what I have. I am what everybody says and thinks about me. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Transformation. I mentioned a few minutes ago that the Lord had gotten this book into my hands back in 2016, which was a huge catalyst for me and some of my own personal life change. And as I began to read and take others through the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, I began God, hearing God just shifting some things in my own heart. I started to get uncomfortable. Did the Lord ever make you feel uncomfortable, but you don't know why? Starting to stir some things in my heart, and I wasn't sure what it was. 2017 comes. I'm spending more time in the backcountry backpacking, and I'm having times where I can just be alone. I'm starting to practice things like silence and solitude, which I had never practiced before. And just deep listening with God. And he's stirring something. I don't know what's going on. 2018 hits. I'm starting to get real uncomfortable. 2019, and I'm really, really uncomfortable. In fact, I feel confined. A lot of what I had been doing was now being changed. Stuff I I was known for. Who I was. I didn't realize how attached I had become to being Don the pastor. Don the speaker. You know, Don, the, what, you know, the whatever, the senior manager at the church, Don, the this. I didn't realize I had grown tendrils and it had my identity get so caught up in these various things. And at this particular time, it's 2019 and um, God's just doing some things, but I can't put words to it. I don't know what's going on. I just know that I sense change, but I don't know what it looks like. I sense that he may be even be having me change at some point from my role at the church. And I'm a little scared because I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I don't know what it looks like. And, and I'm in my front room. And I had this picture from the Grand Canyon on the north rim. There's this tunnel. And I sort of felt like this confinement, like I was in this tunnel. And that's when the Lord said, Dawn, I've put you in a cocoon. And I'm like, a cocoon? Okay, well, that's good news because you get out of a cocoon eventually, right? And you're, you know, we all know a caterpillar goes in, spins, gets into a cocoon, and then Technically, it's a moth that comes out. But for the purpose of the talk, we'll say a butterfly because they're prettier. All right? And so... It's like a cocoon, and I started to get curious. What actually happens in a cocoon? I mean, I knew from science it was a caterpillar metamorphosizes, which is the, what the word transform, where it comes from in that Romans 12 version. But like, what actually happens in a cocoon? So I started reading online articles about this, and I was shocked. Because what happens in the cocoon, once the caterpillar's in there, and, he, and the cocoon has been spun, caterpillar releases a chemical that begins to dissolve its body. Its body begins to go away and get dissolved, and there's these little tiny clusters of cells that have been kept in an immature state for the entire life of the caterpillar 
that are left there while everything else is dissolving and going away. The, the body of the caterpillar literally becomes the fuel for these Im immature little cell groupings for what the, cat, what the caterpillar is going to become in becoming the butterfly. Now follow that for a minute, because I, I, I mean, you know, I knew it turned into a butterfly, I just didn't realize it was so gross. And I started thinking about that and thinking, that has got to be a little uncomfortable. So just play with me here for a second. Let's let the caterpillar have a brain, all right? It's in this cocoon, you can't move. Caterpillar can't move. And it begins to see everything that was who it was before going away. Its legs are dissolving. And it's like, what am I gonna do? It's talking to God, okay? It's a talking caterpillar. It's talking to God, like, Lord, what am I gonna do? My legs are going away. And the Lord's like, it's all right, you're not gonna need those anymore. It's like, what do you mean I'm not gonna need those anymore? How am I gonna walk? Because all the caterpillars ever known is walking on little branches. And the Lord's like, you're not gonna need it anymore because you're not gonna walk anymore. Well, what do you mean? You're gonna fly. The caterpillar has no context as to what flying is. And the reality is, is the caterpillar needs to just stay there and watch the process. And as I thought about that, that was exactly what I was feeling in my own life. God, who am I? Who am I? Look at this, these opportunities. These, who am I? If, they, if, if you're moving me to do something else, I don't know what this is. And he's like, would you just trust me? And allow the things that are dissolving in your life to become the fuel by which I will cause what I put in you when you were born, when you were still in your mother's womb. The purposes that I have for you that I've kept in an immature state, I will now bring and be caused to mature, but you have to just wait and let me do the process of transformation. <sighs> Became a huge word for me. I'm like, well, how long do I have to stay in the cocoon? He wouldn't tell me. Just wait, Don, just wait. And as I think about that, and I think about that process, and I would talk with my small group about it, and just like, God told me I'm in a cocoon, and it is so uncomfortable right now, and I don't know what things look like on the other side, so I'm just trusting him. I'm just going to keep, you know, serving like I'm serving at the church, doing what I'm supposed to, but I'm just in this space. And I can't help as I think about this, and what God impressed on my heart in preparing this message is that for many of you, you maybe are, are or have experienced something similar coming out of these last couple of years, where various things on how, what life was like prior to the pandemic, and you're like, well, now we're two and a half years into this, we don't know what everything looks like moving into the future, and we can get so nervous. God, where are you? What's going on? And the Lord's saying, let go of the things of the past. Rest right now where I have you because there are purposes I've put into your life from the time you were in the womb of your mother that I now intend to bring to fruition if you will trust me and just rest in this. I believe he's saying that word to local church bodies. Pastor Michael and Pastor McCorin will have to discern if that's what's happening here. I don't know. But I think coming out of it, I've talked to, and I now get the opportunity to work with a lot of women who are in churches across the United States with some of the stuff I'm doing with Propel. And churches have gone through, there's a lot churches have gone through. And I fully believe God's been going through a transformational process where he's like, don't hang on to the things that were prior to this pandemic. Be ready for the new that I'm pulling you into. And you're probably already stepping into it, but it's trusting him. I think it's also what God's saying to the Capital C Church, that the way things were prior are not the way things are going to be moving forward. There is a new move. There's something new God is doing. And he's called us 
to trust him, to wait on him. We're being transformed. We're being transformed and renewed. Takes me back to those addictions. Because as I sat in the cocoon, and I had been reading a lot about the I am, you know, are, are these addictions, I began to actually pray something almost on a daily basis. And this prayer was this, making an affirmation with God, just saying, I am not what I do. I am not what I have. And I am not what people say or think about me. By the way, that third one there, that's my second. That one's almost as hard for me as the doing one. We all struggle in some ways. Man, I sometimes get so caught up. What do do people think? Be a people pleaser. It's like, no, I am not. Therefore, today, I will not be driven by what needs to be done. Things will get done. But what would happen when you're so attached to what you do, sometimes you'll walk all over people to get it done. Instead of just really being present and operating out of that space of inner stillness with the Holy Spirit and trusting him for how things are going to get done. So I will not be driven by what needs to be done today. I will not be driven by what I want to attain. I will not be driven by the negative things that people say or think about me. Instead, and then this was the capper for me. It's not original with me. Picked it up from someone else, but literally was praying this over my life every day for months. Instead, I have a spirit of indifference towards all things but God's will for my life. And I would pray that every single day from the cocoon. Every single day from the cocoon. And then the Lord took me into, and we don't have time to go there today, but he took me into, uh, in my time of waiting, what I needed to learn is that I was God's beloved. Maybe somebody here needs to hear this as well. He took me into Song of Solomon in the Passion version of the Bible. And I, he had me camped there for months. Because when you know how beloved you are of the Father, you can let go of all the other identities and just be who he's made you to be. So just hanging in that. He has called us to follow his will, to be who he's called us to be. And then to live from a place of peace that's centered in stillness and refreshed. And it was during that time, he led me again to Psalm 46.10. And this time, it was in the New International Version of the Bible. When we started with was step out of the traffic. When we looked at it in the NS. NSB, I think is what it is, NASB, it was cease striving and know that I am God. But in the NIV, it was be still and know that I am God. And during this time, I was doing some work on getting certified to become a life coach, and I was starting to get a little bit of vision of the direction my life was going. And I began to just really, when I say meditate, okay, I'm not talking New Eastern meditation, which is mindlessness. I'm talking Christian meditation, which is mindfulness, where you're focusing on and you're, and you're mindful of just how good God is and how you're his beloved and what his word says. And you're just hanging on to that. And the Lord began to take me to that be still verse, be still and know that I am God. And it birthed such peace, such refreshment in my spirit. And I want to take you to that place here today. And I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you a little contemplative prayer. It's something you can do on your own. I'm going to ask you to participate with me on this even today. Whether or not you do it, it's between you and God. Obviously, I'm not going to try to force anyone into it. But I really do feel that here in this congregation, in this church, and online, 
that God wants to bring his peace to replace your anxiety. He wants to solidify within you just your identity is in him. And it's not in that job that went away or trying to please those people or those things you can no longer afford or whatever it is that his peace is found in him and that we can be still in that presence. So I'm going to ask you to do something. It's a little bit different. I asked Pastor Michael, I'm like, are you all right with me doing this? He said, go for it. Okay, so I got his permission. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Just right where you're at. Just get yourself where you're comfortable, which hopefully you already are. And maybe just close your eyes if you're good with that. And just whatever thoughts might be going, like you might be thinking about the tacos you're going to have in a few minutes, and that's all good. You can pick that up later, all right? But just quiet your mind before the Lord. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, with your eyes closed, I'm going to say the whole verse to start, and I'm going to give silence and just be with God in it. And then I'm going to slowly make that verse slower or shorter, just take you to a place where you can just rest in God's presence. So here's where we go. Be still and know that I am God. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.